Bullpen Nick Pavetta is elite. The Red Sox reliever pitched an absolute gem in the first game against the Oakland A's on Monday night and seems to have found his home within the Red Sox organization. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your Monday through Friday Boston Red Sox podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Thanks for making Locked on Red Sox your first listen of every day. On today's show, I'm going to be going over the absolute gem that we saw from Nick Pavetta on Monday night against the Oakland A's. He looked absolutely phenomenal in that game. And going to be answering the question on whether he should get another shot in the rotation or stay in the bullpen at this point. I'm also going to be going over Trevor Story's rehab update because There's some exciting news brewing on the Red Sox behalf when it comes to him. So we're going to be going all of that and touching on how Trevor Story can make an impact on the team when he does come back. And also the trade deadline really is right around the corner. The Red Sox kind of made a little bit more clear what direction they want to go in and what they want to look for. So I'm going to be going over some options for the Red Sox when the trade deadline comes. So Monday night, very, very late in the Eastern time zone. The Red Sox opened a series against the Oakland Athletics, and boy, was it worth staying up for. I mean, the pitching overall in that performance by the Red Sox was so incredible, and that really, really was on the backs of Nick Pavetta, who came in and pitched six innings and gave up no hits and just two walks. Um, to go along with 13 strikeouts, and that 13 strikeouts set the record for most strikeouts in a relief appearance in franchise history. And that is just so, so unbelievable to think about because Nick Pavetta, obviously as a starter, wasn't really working out and was struggling a lot. He had a 630 earned run average when he was starting, and that has shrunk down to a 231 earned run average as a reliever. That's a significant difference. When you have an over six earned run average as a starter, obviously there's something going wrong. But for him to come in out of the bullpen and drop that to under three is pretty remarkable in itself. I mean, he became the only MLB pitcher in the modern era to strike out at least 65% of the batters he faced in a game while allowing no hits. That's a really cool stat, and that's something he can hang his head on because he looked phenomenal out there Monday night. He was mowing over the entire A's lineup. They had no answers for him. One of the things I've noticed about Pavetta really this season from compared to last year and even really over the last couple months since he's been in the bullpen is he's really, really gotten a much better handle on his fastball. 
it is his best pitch, but he has improved the location and logistics of how he places that fastball to stump hitters a lot more. And he's developed a lot better curveball because his curveball used to be a really weak pitch for him. And it's now slowly turned into one of his best pitches. So I love being able to see that from him and realize that he's you know, improving in multiple areas and just becoming a more diverse pitcher because that really has led to a lot of this bullpen success that he has. I truly feel like he's found his spot on this team. I'm glad the Red Sox, as long as it took, were able to find that asset of his game and be able to cater to his strengths and really hone in on what he can do well as a pitcher because Pavetta out of the bullpen just looks so much more confident and so much more at ease than he did when he was starting. And the fact that, you know, Monday night he pitched for as long as he did because he came in in the third inning and pitched through the eighth inning. That was huge because it really, really allowed for the rest of the bullpen to rest because of the fact that, um, you know, they've been doing a lot of bullpen games lately and they've had to rely on the pen more frequently in games than teams typically would just due to all the pitching injuries that the Red Sox have had this season. So the fact that he was able to go in and pitch for as long as he did and give up zero hits while doing it. I mean, Oakland had one total hit on the night um, and it was when Bernardino was pitching. So the fact that Pavetta was able to come in and pitch the way that he did and give the bullpen a significant rest says a lot about the team moving forward when it comes to the pitching management because these bullpen games do worry me because you don't want to wear out the pen if you're trying to go for a big playoff run. But the fact that Nick Pavetta can be used as a longer reliever who we know has the starting experience but looks a lot more comfortable and a lot more at ease out of the pen is really, really exciting to see. So this seems to be where he thrives, and I'm glad the Red Sox were able to get that from him. A lot of people are asking now whether he should get another chance in the rotation because of what he's portraying in the pen. And I did originally feel a couple weeks ago like if they have to find a temporary solution in the rotation until they pick somebody up to help with all the injuries, maybe they consider moving Pavetta back. I did a segment on the show as to why he would make the most sense internally to move back into the rotation until somebody gets healthy or until they find somebody else who can resume that role. I had said Pavetta was the best bet because he has the starting experience. So at least from that standpoint, as much as he struggled as a starter, if you really needed somebody and you were in a situation where you had to move somebody back into the rotation, he would have been the choice. But now at this point, just with how continuously successful he's been out of the pen, I wouldn't mess with a good thing. Keep him in the bullpen because the last thing you want to do is move him back into the rotation and ruin that confidence that he's really seemed to develop in the bullpen. And I understand the thought process behind moving him back to the rotation because, again, you know, they are limited on options with the injuries. Um, I do think they'll acquire somebody at the deadline, which I will touch on later in the show. But I I feel like at this point, it's hard to mess with what he has going on. And if he was a little bit worse out of the pen, I would have said, yeah, let's still consider trying to move him back to the rotation because we don't really have another choice. 
But with what I saw him do against Oakland on Monday night, it's really, really hard to justify moving him back into the rotation at this point because if the Red Sox are really serious about making a playoff run, he could be a true weapon out of the pen that they could rely on to pitch multiple innings and give other relievers a rest so that later on in the game they don't have to have as much pressure on them to pitch more innings and it can allow them to rest more, which would be better in the longer term if they do want to make a deeper playoff run. So now at this point, after everything we've seen from Pavetta in the pen, I think it's best to keep him there. Huge, huge props for that performance on Monday night. He just came in and struck out the side three different times over those innings of relief that he pitched. And I am so impressed with what I saw. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal effort by him on the mound. I don't care that it's Oakland. It's still really, really impressive. And for Pavetta's sake, it's really good for his confidence. So I think he really needed to have a performance like that because I think he can rest now on the fact that he's really showing the improvement and he's really come a long way from where he was when he was pitching in the rotation. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about Trevor's story because things are really moving in the right direction for him. And I'm going to be um, giving an update and on his rehab assignment because it's it's coming. It's, it's, it's here and it's exciting. So I'm touching on all of that coming up next. So I'm sure you've all been in a financial pinch at some point where you've maybe gotten an unexpected parking ticket somewhere where you were parking illegally or didn't realize you were not supposed to park there. And that can be alarming or just any surprise expense like that. But luckily, Dave has you covered. At one time or another, we all need a little financial help. That's why Dave is great. It can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash MLB. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria on instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Dave can really, really be a lifesaver for anybody who might be struggling financially and in between paychecks, you need to pay for something, whether that's like I mentioned that unexpected parking ticket, which did happen to me admittedly a couple of times when I was in college, when I just did not expect it to happen. So it definitely could be a lifesaver for you. So definitely download the Dave app today. So on Tuesday, the Red Sox announced some very, very exciting news about Trevor Story that he will beginning, begin his rehab assignments at one of the Red Sox affiliates this weekend, this upcoming weekend. That is very, very soon. He is going to be back with the team before we know it. And that is such good news because 
when we found out about his injury and him needing to get surgery, it was definitely a bummer because it was hard to feel confident in the fact that he might be able to play at all this season. But with the trajectory he's on and the fact that now the Red Sox appear to be in a spot where they seriously could make a playoff run, this news could not have come at a better time for the Red Sox. Obviously, I'm sure we'll get updates throughout his rehab process like we get with other players, and we hope that he doesn't backtrack. But this is definitely great news for the Red Sox because he is moving in the right direction, and this couldn't have come at a better time with how hot this team is right now, how well they're playing, and just how much hope they have going into these last couple months of the regular season. So I'm looking at the shortstop situation now, and obviously there's a lot of options. They have a lot of depth at shortstop now with Yu Chang back and Pablo Reyes shortly on the way. So for Trevor Story to come back and be able to make an impact would be huge for this team. It feels really, really good. I don't want the Red Sox to rush him back. I think they should take their time considering that shortstop depth that I just mentioned because they're hitting very well right now, and they obviously have a crowded shortstop room with a lot of options. So they can tread water without Trevor Story like they've done all season, and especially with how well they're playing right now and Yu Chang being back and active. It doesn't make sense to rush him back, so let him take his time with his rehab assignments because I'd rather have them take their time with him and have him return for the playoffs if they do get into a spot and have him come back and be better than ever and make a huge impact, then feel like they're rushing him back because of the excitement of having him back. And then him maybe not performing as well, or the Red Sox as a whole not performing as well. So definitely take your time rushing him back. That makes sense. In 2022, he only played in 94 games, and he didn't have the best numbers. He hit for a 238 average with a 336 on base percentage. Um, he had 122 strikeouts, which we've always seen him as a pretty strikeout heavy hitter, but he does hit for power. He had 16 home runs over that time span with 66 RBIs and 22 doubles. I have a lot higher hopes for him. I think, you know, 2022 was an interesting season for him because the Red Sox did sign him late before the season started. So he didn't get a full spring training with the Red Sox. And obviously he faced some injuries. So he wasn't really fully healthy. But now that he's more used to Fenway and kind of grew accustomed to being on this team more, I expect him to have a lot better season at the plate when he does return. I think he's going to bring a lot more value than people are expecting him to. Um, and honestly, this whole situation with Trevor Story is a win-win for the Red Sox in general because bringing him back adds depth to the shortstop mix. And if he plays well, then that's fantastic because it could give the Red Sox an extra push that they might need to get into that playoff race and really be able to make a run later on. And if he doesn't play that well or he's struggling or needs to rest here and there and kind of figure things out about how to get back into it, they have other shortstops that they could put into the mix to be able to help out with that while he figures it out. So I think the Red Sox would be in a really good spot when he does return, regardless of how he plays, because obviously there's other shortstops in there. I think based on the shortstop situation now, he will be the guy that can provide the most value at the plate. Um, Yu Chang, I've talked about before, has great defense and really honestly has saved the defense from an infield standpoint for this team. And he has hit a little bit better as of late. He's still not the best hitter, but he has been hitting better. 
And Pablo Reyes, I really like too. I like his athleticism and he was hitting well before getting injured. But I do think Trevor Story with his experience and we know how good of a hitter he has been overall throughout his career. I think he could really help provide an extra spark to the offense as if they need one because they look really good right now. Um, But if you think about a healthy Trevor Story added on to a team that's already playing really good baseball at the moment, that could be scary for everybody else. And so I'm really excited to see him come back and see what he can do. One thing I will say about Trevor Story is the Red Sox do need to figure out how to work him into the lineup when he does come back. Where can they insert him in the lineup that it doesn't throw off the chemistry too much that they have going right now and who's hitting where? I think middle of the lineup somewhere makes sense, maybe around um, five or six hitting somewhere around there in the lineup um, because you don't want him to be um, immediately following Devers and be kind of the support for Devers. And you don't want him hitting early on in the lineup because I do feel like it's going to take him some time to get back into the swing of things. No pun intended. Um, So I think somewhere in the middle of the lineup would make sense for him. That way, you know, he is kind of out of the crucial one through four spots in the lineup, but he can provide a spark in that middle of the order when the Red Sox might need one. So I expect that to be around where he starts when they do bring him back into the lineup, but I'm excited to see him come back. I think that news is super exciting. I mean, Twitter was buzzing all day on Tuesday, waiting for that news about Trevor story. And this weekend is Sooner than everybody initially thought that he would be able to um, come back and do some rehab starts. I mean, it's middle of July. Um, You know, if if he's able to come back and really help this team potentially make a playoff run, that could be really, really good. And it's yet another player to add to the list of reasons why Kike should not be on this team anymore. And I spent a whole segment on yesterday's show discussing this as well. Um, But Trevor Story is the type of player that they spent money on for a reason. And we haven't really been able to see the effects of that contract yet because he hasn't been fully healthy in his time here and hasn't really gotten that fair chance to really show what he can do. But as baseball fans, we've seen Trevor story throughout his career. So he know the potential, we know the potential he does have. So I do trust that when he gets back into it, he'll come back and he'll be better than ever. And he'll really, really be hitting in that lineup. And especially if they do trade Adam Duvall, who offensively has been pretty good for the Red Sox this year. Um, you know, Trevor Story can kind of also help to fill that void that we might see offensively if um, Duval does get moved, which I still expect that he does. So this is good news and exciting news for the Red Sox. Hopefully he continues in an upward trajectory and he shows progress throughout his rehab starts because that's all that we can really hope for from him. Coming up, I'm going to be discussing the trade deadline. The Red Sox kind of made it clear now where they stand in terms of the trade deadline and how they want to handle moves um, at the deadline. So I'm going to be touching on that coming up next. So obviously, a lot of us play fantasy. I threaten every year to retire from fantasy sports, but I never actually do. And I always get persuaded and peer pressured into still playing. So the sleeper app has you covered if you're like me and you don't have time to keep up with all of these fantasy moves and 
who's activated when or who's going to the IL or who's not in the lineup that day, especially with baseball because they play so often. It's really, really hard to keep track of a fantasy baseball lineup on a day-to-day basis. Trust me, I know because I've done it. Do you want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. It really, really is fantastic. It's a great way to keep up with everything fantasy and be able to utilize a system that can really, really help you, you know, figure out who to pick up, who to drop, and it can help guide you through the process. So I highly recommend using it, especially if you don't have the time to keep up with it on a regular basis. So the Red Sox have made it clear now what they want to really focus on at the trade deadline. They seem like they're bought into what the direction of this team is. You know, standings and record-wise, they're similar to where they were last year, but there's a lot different feel to this team. This year's team feels a lot more talented and a lot more capable of being able to do some damage in the postseason. So it was announced by the Red Sox that they're focusing on acquiring a four or five starter to help round out the rotation and acquire another right-handed relief pitcher. And on the starting pitcher thing, that's kind of what I expected. I did talk about on the show wanting the Red Sox to acquire a starter who wasn't necessarily an ace caliber pitcher, but somebody who could really help round out the rotation for the rest of the season moving forward. And then also from a relief pitching standpoint, definitely having another right-handed reliever in the mix makes a lot of sense. I don't want the Red Sox to make huge splashes to the point where they're acquiring massive named players and have to deplete their farm system that they've worked so hard to continue to grow and redevelop now over the last few years since Bloom's been here. But they should make a couple small moves because a couple small moves could really, really make all the difference when it comes to this team moving forward. And the starting pitching thing, just acquiring another starter who is a proven starter. He doesn't have to have had the best season in the world because you have two really solid pitchers right now in Paxton and Bayo who can take care of business at the top of the rotation. So if he's somebody that you can insert into this rotation and save the Red Sox from having to do a bullpen game on one of those games that they're doing it, um, that is fantastic. And that alone would be a huge help because it would allow the bullpen to rest more. So from a starting pitching standpoint, a few pitchers that I really like that should be of note here, the first one being Lucas Giolito, he could be on the more expensive side. So I'm a little bit more hesitant on him. I think what he provides could be great for the Red Sox. He has a 345 ERA this year a 117 to 34 strikeout to walk ratio. So that's what I really like about him. He gets a lot of swings and misses and he has a 223 batting average against. So Lucas Giolito is having a good season. Obviously the White Sox are not. So I expect them to be really heavy sellers at the deadline. And Giolito is going to be a well-desired pitcher. I know the Dodgers are interested, and I'm sure there will be other teams in the mix for him because he is having a good season. And he's in a contract year, too. So from the standpoint of the White Sox, it really can make sense to move him at the deadline. 
And that alone, you know, probably would require a team to not have to give up as much as they normally would in a regular season. But I still think he could be on the little pricier of a side because of the type of caliber pitcher he is. I think if the Red Sox were to acquire him, it would make sense to extend him because he could be a good piece of the puzzle in the rotation moving forward. So I do like Giolito. Um, I am a little bit more hesitant on pulling the trigger on him. I think it would really depend on what the asking price is because I don't think he's worth giving up um, too many top-notch players slash prospects to acquire him. But I really, really like him. If they could pull off a trade for him that's not too costly, I would do it. Another pitcher I mentioned on the show that I really like is Blake Snell. 271 ERA this year with 139 strikeouts. My concern with him is that he does give up a lot of walks and he's inconsistent. So those two things would worry me a little bit, but he is having overall a pretty solid year. And as we know, the Padres are kind of a dumpster fire right now, severely underperforming compared to the amount of talent on that team. So it would be in their best interest to be sellers, although they seem to be insisting that they trust the group of players they have and they want to just continue to try to build what they have going. But with all the talent on that team, they could get a fantastic return for a lot of those players. So I'm still holding out hope that San Diego makes the right decision and decides to sell. And if so, the Red Sox definitely should be calling about Snell because for the most part, you know what you're getting for, for, from him. I mean, obviously, when he was with Tampa, he was a really, really good lights out East caliber pitcher. Not really so much that way anymore, but he is still a really solid, reliable starter that could probably be a good number three or so in the Red Sox rotation backed behind Bayo and Paxton. So I do like Snell. I think, um, you know, he's a good temporary type of pitcher to throw into the rotation and he doesn't need to be perfect or anything super special but he could be a huge help to a rotation that really is fatigued with the injuries right now another pitcher who's had a really weird season this year is Lance Lynn he's he's been very up and down overall in his career I mean this season he has a 606 ERA with a six and eight record so he's been struggling a lot but he does get a lot of strikeouts. He averages about 10.6 strikeouts per nine innings, which is really, really good. And that could be huge for the Red Sox. Um, he'd be more of a back end starter if they were to acquire him. And the good thing about him is he would definitely be on the cheaper side because he's not a high caliber pitcher this season. Um, we know what he can do when he's at his best. He can be really good. And that's another thing with taking a risk on somebody like him is you throw him into the back of the rotation. You know he has the length to pitch deeper into games so he can give the bullpen a rest. But he also, you know, could be a really, really good weapon for the Red Sox if they're able to kind of pull him out of this slump and struggle that he's been going through this season. So that's an interesting name to look out for. I'm not completely sold on him, but I do think he'd be on the cheaper side if they're really just truly looking for a back-end starter. The fourth one that I'm looking at for the Red Sox that I think could be a fantastic fit is Jordan Montgomery. He overall has been pretty solid this year with a 323 earned run average. Um, he doesn't get, you know, as many swings and misses, but he does get a lot of chases um, and whiffs. He's better than league average in both. He has 96 Ks overall this year, though. Um, so the fact that he's able to get people to chase pitches, it does um, concern me a little bit with him 
that he tends to not have his command always all the time in check um but he's solid I, I think he is the type of pitcher who the red sox could also probably get on a cheaper deal um and they could slot him in at the number four or five spot and again he still is better than having a bullpen game every four or five days um so jordan montgomery definitely keep an eye on him because i think there's a lot of upside with him and a lot that he could bring to the red sox rotation because that that whiff rate and chase rate are definitely things of note that he does really well. And then obviously from a bullpen standpoint, there are several pitchers who could be on the market. I mean, Reynaldo Lopez, Keenan Middleton, and Joe Kelly, those players are all guys I expect to be on the move. Um, and, you know, obviously the the White Sox should just be big sellers anyway because of the season that they're having. So if they move any of those three guys, any combination of the three, I think the Red Sox could give calls about any of them and, and just see because they could just slot them into the bullpen. They don't need anything special, especially with the way that Nick Pavetta and Chris Martin have been pitching out of the pen and with Schreiber hopefully eventually coming back. There are some solid relievers in this pen. Um, so if you want a guy who hasn't had a phenomenal season but can help maybe pitch a couple innings out of the pen, they can keep an eye on those three um, pitchers. They should be having conversations with Chicago about a lot of their pitching in general. I think the White Sox are a great team to go to and, and give a call to about pitching. Um, also, Daniel Bard from the Rockies. He definitely is a very, very solid trade candidate. He has a 152 earned run average this season. And he's also owed about $9.5 million in 2024, which to me, if I'm the Rockies, that wouldn't be ideal because you're rebuilding and you're trying to acquire that young talent that you can build the team around. So I don't know that I would necessarily want to take on the rest of his contract in 2024 if I am the Rockies. So I do think he's somebody who really has a high probability of being moved. And I would absolutely make a call on him if I'm the Red Sox. You know, he can pitch anywhere out of the pen for a contending team, which I think could be really good. So if I'm the Red Sox, I'm making a call. Again, that's the other um, pitcher that I expect could be a little bit on the more expensive side, but it definitely would make sense for the Red Sox to give a call on him because he could be huge out of the pen for a team that really, based on how they're playing now, has a chance to make a playoff run. So lots of good things going on for the Red Sox right now. It's definitely really exciting to be a Red Sox fan. Let's finish up this series against Oakland strong here and, um, you know, head into the off day feeling good and then take care of the Mets after that and just keep winning series. That's what this is going to take. Just keep winning series, have faith, believe in the Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side. Thanks again for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every day.